Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, everyone, and welcome to season two of Quit Your Day Job. I am your host, Alicia Fernandez-Miranda. Have I brushed my hair today? I'm not telling, but probably not. This podcast is all about dream jobs, the ones you wished you had when you were a kid and the ones you pin up on your vision board. I decided to chase after my own in 2020 by taking a series of unpaid internships. I quit my job as CEO of a philanthropy consulting business to try my hand working on Broadway, in fitness, as an art dealer, and in a hotel. And then I wrote a book about it. My What If Year is coming from Zibby Books in February 2023. I am obsessed with the idea that you can turn your passion into your career and that it's never too late to make your dream a reality. So before you decide to quit your day job, listen to my guests as they offer a glimpse into what their worlds are really like behind the scenes. That's the part where I always wait for the guest to just be like, nope, don't want to be part of this. I'm out. But so far, nobody's done that. <laughs> Leave meeting. Get out of here. Okay. Oh my gosh. I used to try to name her. The, the Zoom lady? Like come up with different names. Mm-hmm. Like here comes. What, what was the best one? Gosh, there was one during the yoga stuff. That's like, isn't it like Fulana is like someone... Yes. It's like doesn't even mean anything. It's like, hi, oh, here comes Fulana. That's a hundred percent what I'm going to call her from now on. So, <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Well, we might include that in because I think that's been a fun welcome to Thanks. quit your day job. I have a very special guest today, someone who I feel like I know but have never met. Natalie Cruncho is joining us all the way from Spain at the moment. Natalie is an actor, singer, dancer, associate choreographer, and yoga teacher who loves telling stories for a living, and she does it pretty well. She's originally from Miami, Florida, and she's currently based in Brooklyn, New York, when she's not traveling the globe doing amazing creative projects. Natalie was part of the original Broadway company of On Your Feet and subsequently set up productions all over the world as an associate choreographer, director for the show. Other favorite performance credits include First National Tours of In the Heights and Flashdance, A Chorus Line, and Romeo and Juliet. So Natalie and I have never met in real life, although our dads seem to spend all of their time together, and I know you know my parents very well. So I've just been like a fangirl from afar, and I'm super excited to talk to you today. Thank you for joining. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. It's so wild. I'm like, I feel like our dads were together every Friday afternoon. <laughs> I think so. I think they were actually together yesterday as well, up to no good at the Formula One in Miami or something like that. Oh, so gosh. so they're out there having a lot of fun, but so are we mm-hmm. on this podcast. And so Natalie does so many different things within the creative industries. And so we went on, we did a little back and forth with our rehearsal question. As any good performer knows, you have to rehearse before you perform. And I think we landed on top five dream projects that you'd like to create. All right. So I'm going to let you tell us, Natalie, what those would be. Oh, right at the get. Yeah, go, go. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think, I mean, right now I'm thinking of myself as like, you know, I, I perform, I want to create, I, I like to direct in the future. And so I guess, yeah, five projects I'd like to be a part of or be in, in the process of. I think as a performer, this already exists, but I'd love to do like Moulin Rouge or dancing. Mm. So that would be like one and two or something. Yeah, something that gets me like really moving. That's like my first love. I think as an actor, it would be something that hasn't been created yet, at like the National Theater in London, you know, or the Don Mar Warehouse, somewhere where, you know, acting happens. Maybe or yes. like Shakespeare in the Park with the public, I think would feel amazing. I've always loved this play. I saw it a bajillion years ago, but a play called Love Song by... I'm going to butcher his last name. I think it's John Colvenbach. Okay. It's this like quirky little play that I saw again, like a bajillion years ago in London that has been in the back of my mind as something I'd love to direct a play called constellations. I'd love to be in or direct. I don't know where I'm at. One, two, three, four. That might be five things. We've lost count. I think so. What, yeah. what do they, what do they have in common? What is it about a particular show that makes you want to be a part of it? Ultimately, I think it's, what are the characters communicating? I think I, I think always I, when I'm watching theater, when I'm being a part of the creative process, I want to know like the why of the characters and like the heart of the piece. Like I really appreciate things that are really smart and clever and that I can sort of wrap my head around. Mm. But if I can't wrap my heart around something, I'm like not quite there yet. And so something that I think from the, from the beginning of a process, whether I'm in the performance side or if I'm on the other side of the table, I'm really trying to understand like, what are we trying to energetically move in the space so that when the audience is getting there, we know what we're trying to get them to feel, think about, you know? Yeah. Amazing. I love that to wrap your heart around something. I think that is beautiful. Well, uh, that was pretty good. That was like a quick zip through. And obviously you've thought about these. I think I need to think about my top five yes. theater dream projects, because as any regular listeners to this podcast know, which is basically my mom and my husband, they're going to start thinking I'm using this to just like figure out how to worm my way into a career in musical theater, which is what mm-hmm. I've been doing this this whole time. Listen. But I am just, conti- I continue to be endlessly fascinated about what your type of job entails, what a performing job entails. And so I'd love you to just start me at the very beginning. Tell me about your journey into performing. Yeah, my mom is a dancer, was a dancer, is a dancer. She's also a dance teacher. And so from a really young age, I mean, I think she's told me this story. And I don't know if it's real or if it's like a silly thing moms say, mm-hmm. you know, but that like in the crib, she was like, you know, teaching me first position with my feet and pointing my toes. And so I think she had she, pro- she probably was. It's very boring to have a little baby. So you figure out a lot of ways to entertain yourself with them. <laughs> like, Let me see if she's got these feet. Let me teach her tondu. Turn out, uh, turn out. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So she had a studio. And so I was like, you know, two years old running around, running around dance classes. And then like officially started with her when I was like two and a half or three. So dance, it was sort of my not sort of, was my way in. Mm. When I was like 11 and 12 years old, I thought I was on the track to do the ballet thing. I was really loved it. Loved it. I don't think at the time I realized this, but I think I loved the, certainly the technique and the style and that, but I used to think about, you know, 
the characters I was playing in mm. these, you know, these little battles. You know, when I did the Nutcracker, I was like, okay, the snow, you know, like, what is the snow? <laughs> the, the snowflakes or whatever it was. And an important question because you grew up in yeah. Miami. So yeah. something you would actually really have to think about. What is this thing? This white yeah, what, yeah, stuff literally, from the what sky? is this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I so I loved that, but then I got into high school and took a singing lesson and realized that I loved to sing and had a jazz class, you know, I had a jazz class and these these teachers, I remember them like turning in my legs and bending my hip in a different direction. And was just like, whoa, what is this? Mm. In high school, took musical theater. And my mom sat me down at one point and was like, look, you can sort of take the, you know, the road sort of diverged. And it was like, if you go to the left, here's ballet companies and that career. And then if you stay to the right, we can sort of explore this musical theater thing or, you know, don't have to be a ballerina. And um, I was so curious. I didn't know what it was, but I was curious enough about it that she was really looking back, I think, really generous about that because I was sort of like set up. I was like ready to do those auditions. So yeah, high school musical theater. And I got into college and decided I wanted to do acting. I was like, well, I dance and I sing. I can keep taking those classes. But I was, I took one acting class and had this wonderful teacher, Mr. Fisher in high school who was like, you're an actor, you should study Shakespeare and Ibsen and Chekhov. And, you know, you should get to the heart of what that is. Yes. When I graduated college, I was like, I don't know if I ever need to dance again. I just (laughs) want to do plays. (laughs) I did. I, I, at the time in college, if someone asked me like, what do you see yourself doing in five years? Or, you know, what is your career? I was like, I'm just going to grow up with all the Shakespeare women. Wow. I'm going to play Juliet and Cordelia. And then when I'm older, I'm going to play, you know, Lady M. And I'm going to, I just had this idea. And then you get into New York and it's like, well, I want to be auditioning and look at these open calls. And there's like my love for dance, like re, you know, yeah. sort of giving me opportunities. And so my career has been more musical theater, which has been glorious. Yeah. Well, it's a know? combo. You get to act and you get to dance and do sort of, you know, lots of different pieces of it, I guess. Totally. I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's like we're storytellers, you know, as theater artists and as not just theater, you know, if you decide to do TV, film, whatever people are decided to do. And no matter what stage side of the footlights we're on, you know, we're telling telling stories. And so I'm glad to have like studied at different points in my life, like studied each of the sort of branches of being a musical theater performer sort of on their own. Because I do feel like, you know, it can be easy to sort of just go, well, this is music, you know, it can be sort of this surfacey thing. And I mm. think the people that I really respect and the, the kind of performer I would like to be is, you know, if I'm doing something that requires me to move or dance, I'm like really biting my teeth into that. And then, okay, taking the songs and interpreting them in this way, you know, just sort of looking at it as this like, you know, really juicy. Yeah. Getting depth meal. in each vertical. True. Yeah, totally. And you know, in in recent years, or I don't know how recent actually, but you've certainly done a mix of being on both sides of the footlights, as you said. So how did you move from performing and being on stage to being on the other side? So really, I mean, I had I had done the associate thing once before. I was I was the dance captain for Flashdance, which was a first national tour that was like supposed to come to Broadway. I was all pumped. And then alas. But with that tour when it went on to the, its next, when the first national became the second national, Sergio Trujillo, who I didn't realize until the other day, I've been like working for this man for like 10 years, <laughs> which is absurd. 
<laughs> I mean, it's wonderful. He's extraordinary. But he was the one that sort of gave me the first, it was like through being a dance captain and really knowing the bones of the show that he sort of trusted me to set the next tour. So what does a dance captain do exactly in a show? Yeah, the dance captain is responsible. <laughs> this is like a, I think this is a pretty close quote, quote from like the top, from this like piece of paper you sign as a dance captain. <laughs> it's, like, it's true. It's to like uphold the artistic integrity of the, you know, choreographic vision set by the choreographer of the show or something. But to hold, uphold the artistic integrity is sort of something that I've really held on to because it's certainly the, as the dance captain, I, if you're on the road with something, you know, you know the ins and outs of everybody's choreography, the formations, the intention of the material for everybody that's on stage. Wow. And so you're training understudies, swings, and replacements while you're on the road. You're also watching the show and noting it and making sure that it stays true to what was originally intended in terms of energy, performance quality, like the literal steps that start to morph. Right. <laughs> <laughs> It's like a natural part of the process too, which is again, why I think this like uphold the artistic integrity is like a good thing to hold on to because mm -hmm. things do change in people's bodies as they stay. And so as a dance captain, you're, you're trusted to make the decision about, you know, okay, that's changed, but it's changed for the better. It's, it's, you know, it's right. become what it wants to be or like, oh, that kind of takes us away and that needs mm -hmm. to go. Yeah. So from dance captain to associate. Right. And then, so then when you went on to the second tour, you're actually teaching, you're in the front of the room and you're kind of instructing the new cast on what to do, how to do it, all of that. Yeah, totally. I think the big thing will be, and I did the same thing for On Your Feet. So for On Your Feet, I was the dance captain for the show. I swung the show. So I, you know, had performed in all eight tracks of the women's ensemble. Wow. And That's incredible. It's an absurdity. It's a, it's a wonderful thing, but being a swing and a dance captain is some of the most, it's a thankless job in some ways because you're on hold, like you're waiting to perform. And as someone who loves to perform, you know, there are days that you're just like, come on, someone, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you don't want anyone to be sick and of you don't course. want anybody to be injured. But it's like when you get those opportunities to be on stage, certainly at the beginning, you're not as you know, you haven't had that much time necessarily on stage or with your partners and all that stuff. So you do, especially at the beginning, it's this dance, it's a balance of wanting to not disrupt everybody else's show and hoping you're as prepared as possible. And then also like taking advantage of this moment that you love, you know, dancing on, on your feet, like getting to dance on a Broadway stage and right. soaking that up and turning your lights back on and sort of like refilling your cup, you know. Do you get, if you get a call, like on the day of, do you get time to rehearse? You just no. have to jump right in. Yes. <laughs> I mean, the, uh, the swing thing is, I mean, once the show's up and running, you do have rehearsal hours during the week that the dance captain is rehearsing you into your different tracks. What was unique about On Your Feet was that myself and then like my counter, my male counterpart, we were also the dance captains. So we kind of got to rehearse ourselves, but then we were also rehearsing the other swings and other understudies for their things. So, you know, we kind of, we didn't really have a ton of focus, like Natalie, here is your, you know, here is your special time to learn your eight <laughs> tracks. It just like time, that kind of time didn't really exist. And you didn't always know which one you were rehearsing for. Like you sort of had to 
understand everything at the same time. And then, you know, you'd get a call, you'd get a call or you'd be at the theater and it would be like, you know, time to go. Yeah. So-and-so's out here. You know, it's just, that is just so amazing to me. And I mean, swings have been in the news a lot lately because of COVID and there needing to be so many people filling in for sickness at the last minute. And I think there's like maybe a new appreciation or at least a more public facing appreciation of the absolute, just the sheer volume of stuff you have to keep in your head to be able to say at any moment's notice, I'm going to do any one of these X number of roles. It's it's mind-blowing. It's just, it's totally mind-blowing. So. Yeah. No, swings are rock stars. And it's, it's, again, it's a really cool, it's a really cool, tough job. It's hard and fulfilling, like an equal, you know, an equal measure. And when you do your job right, I think this is why I, this is why I think it can be quote thankless is that when you do it right, nobody else's show changes. Right. Exactly. So it's like, they didn't note it. They, not that people don't notice because they're being, you know, rude. It's just like you did really well. So the show went on without a hitch and that's great. So then people just don't realize it. And then when you do something wrong, then people, you know, even if it's small, it's like, then people notice you because you're, it throws them off. It throws them off. Yeah. Yeah. And then you feel, you know, but it's a really, um, yeah, it's a special, it's a special gig. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So tell us what you're doing in Spain at the moment. I know you get to travel a lot for work. I know you were in Miami for a while, working on your feet down there. I know my parents went to see it at least once, maybe more than once. And now you're in Spain. So um, tell us what you're working on at the moment. Yeah, so it's on your feet. It's the gift that keeps on giving. I am, Amazing. I was in Miami doing the On Your Feet regional production there. And I set that production, but also danced in it, which was everything. Your parents were the sweetest audience members in the history (laughs) of the world. They were so nice. They were so generous. It was really fun to have. As long as my mom didn't sing out loud because she does does do that a lot. No one will ever sit next to her when we all go to the theater together because everyone's like, "Ah, not me. I'm not doing it. Who's (laughs) going to sit next to mom? (laughs) It's the best. Well, and On Your Feet in Miami was like extraordinary because everybody gets every joke. Like you mentioned Y100, Power 96, that club on the beat, like just everybody knew it. And so it it invited people to like dance and sing in the audience. It was, they were fabulous. So while I was doing that, Andy Senor, who has been the associate director for the show since Broadway, he and I, and like Hector, who was my co-dance captain on Broadway, Clay Oswalt, who was the music director after the tour, after Broadway and on the tour and all that stuff. We've traveled sort of, that's like the immediate set. We've gotten the chance to do the show a bunch together. How fun. It's been awesome. So anyway, Andy lives over here. He lives in Barcelona. 
And he had connected with a school, IAB, uh, which is in Sitges, which is mm-hmm. like a 30-minute commute from Barcelona. And it's a university of the arts, and they are doing On Your Feet as like the final project for the third years for the, like the, quote, seniors. And they were willing, they, like part of their thing is that they want to bring outside creatives who have, you know, worked on the West End or Broadway or whatever. And so I'm here setting the choreography and associate directing and it's so sweet. These kids are like so in love with like each other and like in that youthful, like we're on top of the world, but you know, like ready to sort of bust out into yeah. the into the industry. And so I think this is like a perfect show for them because it's like a celebration of it is. It's such a fun know. show. It's so great. And do you see because you travel, you know, you've done touring production, so you've traveled a lot for work. Do you see that as a necessary evil or is that a perk of the job for you? I think it's, I think it's both, you know, getting to be in London and set this show in the West End is amazing. Like Amsterdam was really fast, but I was in Amsterdam. The tour is, the tour is an opportunity to see the country. It was a U.S. tour. And so, and so I think it's great. It's just, but it is hard because you sort of like disappear into the world and place you're in for a while. And so, you know, here with the time difference and stuff, it's like, I, you know, thank my family, husband and friends for just, I'm like, remember me in five weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye. I'm going to the beach now. And then yeah, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's extraordinary and it's cool with on your feet. It's like, I love the show so much that I love getting to share it with different cultures and people. And that's been, you know, one of the big, beautiful perks of, of this particular job. Now, I know that you have worked on a lot of projects from kind of start to finish. I know you guys, you and your brother, who's also in the industry, put on, yeah. was it Into the Woods in Miami? Into the Woods, back. yeah. So what's it like kind of start starting to finish? I mean, you know, you mentioned there's a play that you might love to do. Like, obviously, it's a very long, drawn-out process. But what's like the whistle-stop tour? Like, you're like, okay, I want to mount this show. Where do you start? I think it's finding the right people that you want to create with. I think one of the big things that my brother and I learned back during Into the Woods is like we didn't know what it was to start, to, to have an initial idea of something and then try to bring it into, you know, bring it to fruition. Mm-hmm. And so like you start with like, do you, can you have the rights? What is the business side of all of this stuff? Like, how do you create, how do you hire people? You know, the conversations with equity, it's like all this other stuff. And then figuring out a design team, you know, all that. And so that was a sort of like quick study of like, oh, there's a lot to this that we don't know, that we sort of don't realize as actors. I th- I feel like as actors, you show up on the first day of rehearsal and you're like, the process has begun because we, <laughs> because we have arrived. Exactly. But someone's like been clacking away at a computer for, oh my God, for like a that, year right? and a half. Yeah. Or however long you get for sort of pre-production. And so I think, I think, you know, when I look forward to, you know, something that I might want to create, I think it's about figuring out who are those people, the design, the lighting costumes, stage management is like so important. This Mm. person who will, you know, take over as the captain of the ship. I think like before even thinking about who is going to be in the show, it's just like, who are the people that are going to create the playground within which we'll drop? you know, mm-hmm. these actor f- friends. Yeah. I think it starts with the people. Fabulous. Yeah. And so you also are a yoga teacher. 
I do. I do. How did that, how did that, have you always been interested in yoga? Did you start doing that during the pandemic? Like, and that's another dream job, by the way, because I think a lot of people would love to teach yoga professionally. Um, how did you pick it up and start? Yeah. People have told me, I think for the longest, like that I would like it because I dance and I guess something entered, I don't know, before it was just like, you would love yoga. And so I had taken class a bunch. And I think one of the things that I always struggled with is because I'm a dancer, I wanted to sort of nail it. I want to do yoga, but I want to be the best at yoga or something. Perfect yoga. Exactly. Yeah. Perfect (laughs) yoga, which is like in complete like conflict with like what yoga, there is no perfect yoga. Showing up to yoga is yoga, you know, holding space for yourself at a yoga class and falling out of half moon is the practice of yoga, you know? So anyway, I was curious enough about it. I took a class at this place called Y7 in New York and had so much fun in class. Y7 is like a dark, a dark room, no mirrors. They blast music, whether it's like, you know, I don't know, top Beyonce and Usher and like stuff that is. Oh my God, I love that. It's so fun. And now I work there and it's everything, but it's like, it took me, it, it just like shook what I thought yoga was supposed to be and turned it upside down. And I think within that, I, I, there was no mirror to stare at. You can't really see people next to you because it's dark. You, you are falling out of things. And I was just like, what is this? Because then they're very philosophy forward because yoga is like a philosophy and approach to how you move it within your life. And like this, like warrior two is one part of how you might experience this like bigger idea. And so in class, I was finding myself like, what is this thing? So I, I applied, I had the time between projects to, to apply to, to do the 200 hour certification. Mm-hmm. And then literally my graduation was like the weekend, the world stopped oh my in God. 2020. So I like got certified and then and just in the nick COVID, of time, basically, literally, it's like the world shut down and I was like, let's breathe. <laughs> <laughs> literally, this is everything we need now. Yeah. Like let's only be in Shavasana. Let's just lay on our backs and, and, and tell ourselves that like, we're going to be fine. Yeah. So I started teaching yoga, like virtually during the pandemic to have somewhere to show up and to be able to like make eye contact with people and, and share some of the stuff that I learned and like mostly to practice. And then I found like to practice teaching. Mm-hmm. And then I found that it was like a really lovely way to create community and, and I love it. And now yeah. I teach in person at Y7. So it's like full. Oh my gosh. I love know, that. Full circle. All right. I next time it. in New York, I'm coming for a class. Please. I'm very good in a dark room where no one can see me sweat and no one can see me fall over. That's like very, very key to my yoga practice. <laughs> it's heaven. It's heaven. It's so great. I love it. sounds it. so fun. What would you say is like the biggest misconception about what you do? What do people get wrong? As a, well, as a yoga teacher, as a performer, as any of the many things that you do. I mean, I think the yoga misconception is that you have to like come in and nail it in order mm-hmm. to try to be in it. If you're like, I can't touch my toes, so I can't take yoga. Yeah. And I'm like, that's, that's not even yoga. Just like come have fun. And then I think the misconception about being a theater person is that it's, like a hobby or like that it's not hard mm-hmm. or something that it's like a gig. And I, there is like a gig life. There is a gig aspect to it. Like you have a job and then it ends and then you're in between, but it's not something that can be sustainable or something that can be, you know, something you're committed to for a long period of time, which 
you know, you have to sort of like keep this, which is really hard, but this like naive belief that, you know, that the next thing that's meant for you will, will show up. And that if I just keep showing up, you know, which is yoga, but like, if I just keep totally breathing and believing and letting it go that, you know, the path, like whatever my life is supposed to be, will will, will be. Yeah. And so, yeah, I don't know when people sort of go like, Oh, that seems like fun. (laughs) Oh, how cute. You're an actor. You know, I'm like, this thing is so hard. And I think it takes a lot of bravery to do what we do and totally, you know, to, to keep putting yourself in front of people and fail. And, you know, it's really, it, it takes a lot. It's hard. It's incredible, yeah, but it's I'm hard. very, I'm very grateful to you and all the other performers. You keep doing it and putting on amazing shows. And I'm now actually thinking I might finally get my dad to a yoga class if I bring him to Y7 in New York and I tell him you're teaching and that's there's no stupid. mirrors because that's always his excuse. I can't touch my toes. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Let's go. So yeah, we're putting that. This is, if you're listening, Alex Fernandez, this is going on the bucket list. Gino, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) It's happening. It's happening. Natalie, this has been such a fantastic conversation and touched so many different things. And I know you do several different things. One thing that I like to ask everybody at the end of each episode is what advice they might have for people of any age who are interested in starting on a path that's similar to yours. You know, you've got all these students that you're spending every day with now, so they're probably asking you for lots of advice about performing. You've got your yoga teacher life. What what would you tell somebody who's like, oh, I want to do what she does? I think I would, My the first thing on my heart that came up into my head is like, whatever the thing is that you're curious about, like find like the one easiest step that you could take and then just like lean towards that. Hmm. You know, like if you've always thought like you might want to learn more about yoga, like could you take one, talk to the teacher, you know, like what's the most, what's the easiest thing that you could get your hands on that feels like one step towards something that you're curious about? Like maybe it's just a conversation with somebody or like an email or it's a dance class or, you know, talking to the, looking up who's the swing at the stage door. I'm like, yeah, we want to get the autograph of the star, but can you like, Hey, you, like, I want to learn more about what you do yeah, or whatever. I don't know, whatever that is, but like, yeah, what gives, whatever that thing you're curious about, like, how can you show up for it? And it doesn't have to be, again, the biggest part of that dream, just like a little, like one baby step. I think that's fantastic advice because I think something that stops a lot of people from taking a leap or making a change is that they feel like it's a leap. They feel like I have to leave everything behind or this is too much pressure or what if I don't survive but or what if I don't make it, you know. But actually, just taking a small step is how you eventually take a big step, right? You take a lot of like very little steps. So Little steps. I think it's and that's, great, I think, something that advice. like – I stroke, I mean, me, I'm like, I, I'm listening to myself. I'm like, Natalie, you have to do that. <laughs> and it's, I think it's about anything. Like our, our, I read this thing like a day ago. It's like how you spend every minute, every hour of your life ends up being your life. And I'm like, wow. wow. Yeah, that's true. It's like, if I want to be someone who reads books, you have to like pick up a book. You that's know? true. That's true. Pick but, up my book. 2023. Well, this has been a fantastic way to spend 30 plus minutes with you. Where can people find uh, more about you online or learn more about your work? NatalieCaroncho.com or um, on Instagram, I guess, at NatalieCaroncho. And, you know, yeah, that's it, I guess. Amazing. Cannot wait to see what you're going to do next. Natalie, thank you so Mm -hmm. much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. Can't wait to read your book. Mm -hmm. 
Thank you so much for listening to Quit Your Day Job. We are a Zcast production and want to send huge thanks to the whole Zippy Books team for their support. You can find me on Instagram at Alicia F. Miranda. I would love to hear what you thought about this episode, any others, future jobs you want me to interview, or burning questions you think I should ask my upcoming guests. And if you decide to quit your day job, let me know that too. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.